Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on Journey Podcast. Today, I have my friend CJ, who has learned to become one with herself. Now, CJ, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, yes, and thank you for having me on this podcast. Um, a 40-year-old mom, three little boys, teach kickboxing for fun. Um, really just decided over this last year to start really learning about myself and building myself up, and it's been quite a journey. Yeah, and, and a lot of people don't come to realize their own identity and don't really get to see who they are from what they are. And so it's it's really nice to be able to talk with you and hear your story a little bit. Now, just talking with you, I noticed that you really connected with the last episode in the feeling of loneliness and that yes. being able to have some sort of status in your relationship or anything like that doesn't change the feeling of loneliness. Can you uh, talk about that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I can. There was, so you were talking about being lonely in Costa Rica because you didn't have anybody with you. I, years ago, went to Hawaii, a beautiful island with a guy I was dating, and I still felt lonely because I didn't love myself. I would expect him to hold my hand at a certain time or put his arm around me. And if he didn't, then it must mean that I'm ugly or I wasn't worth it. And if I look at back at that now, and I think if I had a better concept of who I was at the time, um, we would have had a better time at that you know, vacation. The whole time it was miserable. I was crying because I had all these expectations. And honestly, it, it would have been great if I just hadn't been pouting and crying and saying, well, you didn't hold my head at this time. You must hate me. So honestly, it, you have to really love yourself. <laughs> so that's... Um, that just really resonated with me that, you know, you can be lonely if you're with somebody or without, if you just, you have to build yourself up and love yourself before you can feel full. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. And I know from my own experience that you can have the perfect relationship and be with someone that you connect with really well, but even then, it doesn't always work out if you can't fulfill your own cup because there will always be something that you're looking for in another person. And if they don't meet it, then it causes a lot of friction between the two of you. Now, mm -hmm. in this experience that you had, how did you meet your, your partner at the time or how long were you both together? We were together for a year and a half. Um, we actually met at work. Interestingly enough, um, I actually wasn't that interested in him when I first met him, and he was very attracted to me. And then as time went on, I became more and more and more insecure, and the rules became reversed. Um, and again, that had to do with my insecurities. And so it's kind of interesting to think about it now that, you know, how, how much better things could have been if I had just worked on me. Yeah. And, and what kind of insecurities did you have at the time? Um, I had this great fear of being left for somebody else. I always thought that I wasn't good enough 
I wasn't um, worthy of being loved. And I think I actually purposely pushed people away who tried to show me love because I didn't think that it would ever work out. And so I always had that fear. I always had that fear of abandonment. I always had that fear that somebody better would come along and I wouldn't be picked. And it all had to do with me not believing in myself and realizing that I was good enough. Yeah. Where do you think this idea came from? You know, I started really listening to a lot of different um, self-help people on YouTube. And one of them, a few of them talk about that inner child that's been abandoned. And I really resonate with that. I think that growing up, my parents weren't always supportive. My parents got divorced at a very young age. Um, my dad always traveled. And so I think there was honestly that deep fear of I was began by somebody and I had that my whole life because even as a kid I you know got picked on a lot um I didn't have a lot of friends and it all had to do with my perspective of who I was I mean I ask people now who I was friends with in high school and they're like you were so cool and I'm like I was I thought I was a nerd so um again it's all about your perspective so yeah, I, I I can resonate with that as well, because, uh, you know, in, in my high school years, I always thought I was kind of weird, you know, someone who, yeah, could have a conversation with any group of people. But, you know, I hung out with the weird kids. I, I wasn't, you know, super uh, okay. attractive, didn't know how to dress myself. And, you know, it led to me having certain insecurities as well. And, knowing that that is part of my past uh it, sometimes talking to to old friends they'd be like oh you were the nicest and the coolest person like I, we loved you as a friend so much and you you know you were you were so great in high school and so awesome and so i think you bring up a good point that perspective has a lot to do with it and a lot of times i think we're harder on ourselves than we even realize exactly Exactly. So when it came to these insecurities and you were discovering them through listening to more self-help, being able to challenge yourself and see yourself in a different light, what was one of the things that helped encourage you to work on fighting these insecurities? Well, I had a couple of things. I went through a painful I was losing a person I really cared about and it was very painful for me. And I started realizing that I had a pattern um, in all my relationships. I had this pattern. It was, you know, I would push it. It would start out great. It'd be strong. And then things would fall apart. And I realized it was me pushing them away. So I knew I needed to change that. And I, around the same time I had for, um, a few friends that were classmates that had passed away. And I started realizing, you know, life is not promised. It's, you know, it could end at any point. And maybe I should start fulfilling my bucket list now, instead of waiting until I'm old. In fact, I had some clients that were in their 80s, and they decided for their 80th birthday to jump out of an airplane together. And I was like, I don't want to be 80 and jumping out of an airplane. And so I actually, um, it was like on a Sunday night, 
I called this place and I said, Hey, I want to jump out of an airplane. They're like, great. We have a, a slot tomorrow morning. Do you want to do it? I'm like, yep, let's do this. And I literally booked the tickets, drove three hours out, jumped into an airplane or got into an airplane and jumped out of it. And I was afraid of heights, terrified of heights. I mean, I never thought I'd ever jump out of an airplane, but it was just one day I was like, I don't want to wait till I'm 80. I want to live my life now. I want to enjoy life now. I think those two things at the same time hitting me, I think that made me start realizing that I need to make myself happy. And that's the only way I'm going to bring happiness into any relationship I have. I went through the same thing myself where realizing that something that I went through with that was rough basically tore my life apart mm-hmm. and to have something have that much power over you mm-hmm. versus being able to enjoy life when you have it and when you're young and when you could you know when you're when you have vibrancy and when you have time and money mm-hmm. it's really not easy to see that mindset when things are very comfortable. So firstly, I'm, I'm very happy to hear that you jumped out of that plane because I jumped out of a plane too. So you know, anyone <laughs> else who can jump out of a plane, <laughs> everyone jump out of planes now, but. <laughs> it's but, fun, it's so much fun. I didn't it's think great it jumping out of planes. <laughs> Honestly, um, when I was jump, when I got, got into the plane, I don't know about your plane, but it had like no seat belts, no seats. It, I drive an old rickety Honda and I'm thinking my, this is like driving my Honda into the air and it's not safe to land in this thing. So I'm safer to jump out of the airplane, the land in the airplane. So <laughs> that sold me on it. <laughs> yep, yep. They, they do say though, that going in the plane is safer, like jumping out of a plane is safer than getting, or, or less likely for something bad to happen than getting bit by a shark or something but mm-hmm. yeah regardless the point was that you tested yourself you tested your metal and from mm-hmm. that what sort of what sort of things did you feel afterwards like what sort of th- like oh. mindset did you come to um elation anything's possible i realized that i was telling myself I was scared of heights. I really didn't have to be afraid of heights. I needed to stop letting fear control me. Um, There's so many things I didn't do because I was afraid. Started following or chasing my fears really, you know, um, like jumping out of the airplane. I did some obstacle courses that were 60 feet off the ground up in trees. Also, I'm terrified of heights. And so I started doing that. And it's just been fun to just see how much I can challenge myself and convince myself it's okay. And, and I know that uh, I've seen like part of what, uh, what your work does that you have in your life. One thing that I've noticed is that you encourage a lot of people to push mm-hmm. past fear by... Mm-hmm pushing their boundaries. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to pushing your boundaries, when it's hard to see what exactly you're afraid of, what do you think has been helpful for being able to see what you're afraid of and being able to face it? 
for me, if something doesn't feel good, like the heights thing, or I guess another good one would be fear of abandonment. Um, I've learned to, I guess the best way to say it is flip the script on things. And so if I'm starting to feel bad, I've learned to pay attention to my thoughts and flip what I'm telling myself. So if I, um, so let's just say in a relationship, if I start feeling bad, because maybe they didn't text me back right away and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, what if this means they don't like me anymore? What if this means that they're seeing somebody else? And I start feeling sick to my stomach and terrible. And then I realize that feeling in my stomach. Then I'm like, wait, what am I telling myself? And then I'm like, no, that's not it. They're just busy. They're just three or they're working or they're working out or, you know, and that's usually what the case is. Cause in fact, usually after I tell myself that I end up getting that text message like, oh, hey, sorry. I was just, you know, working out. What are you, what are you up to? You know? So I'd say that if you're looking for something that you have as a fear, look for that pit in your stomach feeling and find a way to flip it around and make yourself feel better. Yeah. And I, I noticed that you mentioned thoughts, the, mm-hmm. the negative thoughts that come and make you have this perspective that something is happening that you don't realize that might not even really be happening. Yes. What are some things that you like to tell yourself when you're having these negative thoughts? I have a lot of positive affirmations that I tell myself. Um, I'm worthy. I'm beautiful. I'm lovable. Of course they like me. Why wouldn't they just look at me? You know, just, I try to put a little sass to it that, cause that makes me feel good. Um, or I try to tell myself positive things like, you know, if I, instead of thinking, oh, they're going to leave me, I think, no, that's not it. They're just having a bad day. It has nothing to do with me. Anything, it's essentially, I say the opposite of what I'm really thinking. So if I'm, you know, if I think that, oh, they think that I look terrible, I tell myself, I look beautiful today. And Mm -hmm. the interesting thing about the brain is that eventually it's gonna believe it. And the more you say it, the more you start to believe it. And this is kind of funny. I have an insecurity about my hands, which, I mean, they're not terrible hands, but um, I am insecure about them because I do kickboxing. I've been doing kickboxing for seven years and my knuckles are um, a little larger and they are, my fingers are twisted. I've broken fingers before. And so ironically, I started saying, you know, my hands are beautiful. And I actually started getting people, I've had two people now compliment me on having cute hands. Wow. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how or why, but well, you know, it's just, you know, it's something, it's something I was insecure about. And I was like, I'm just going to start saying it and see what happens. I mean, yeah. I felt better about my hands. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the compliments, they, they help, you know, it, so Obviously, if you have something nice to say about someone, then say it. Mm -hmm. Compliments definitely, definitely help. And Mm -hmm. I've also found that sometimes hearing from someone else something that you're trying to tell yourself, it does provide some sort of validation, some sort of uh, helpful stamp 
to kind of convince yourself um, that mm-hmm. what you're thinking is actually true. The positive things that you're thinking are actually true. Mm-hmm. Can you think of times that you've had to convince yourself with no proof and without anyone being able to validate you and oh boy, I carried you through that? There are a lot of times I've had to believe without proof. I am was switching careers and there were a lot of things that pointed to I wasn't going to get this particular job that I was trying for. I mean, there was a lot of odds against me. In fact, I had someone who really wanted to hire me on. She worked with them at their firm and I was staying really positive about it. But then there were some things that kept coming up. They were trying to say, no, this isn't going to work. This isn't going to happen. They weren't prepared to bring another person on. And even that person had told me they're like well maybe you should start looking elsewhere just in case because I just don't know if this is going to work and I kept telling myself nope everything's going to work in my favor everything's working out it's fine I'm not going to worry about it I'm not going to stress about it there's going to be a way to make this work and it's going to work and it did and actually when I was talking I went to lunch with them and they were like I couldn't believe how positive you were on this. Like you really believed that this was going to happen. I'm like, yep. And it did. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I just kept that positive mindset instead of getting down on myself and worrying about it. Cause worrying wasn't going to help me. Yeah. And stressing about it and yeah. Making your mind play out the negativity. I found myself in moments where, I get stuck for minutes and minutes and hours and hours that pass all because I'm trying to convince myself, but there's a positive mindset or there's a, there's a place in your mind that you get to where sometimes you just take a risk and where you just have to stick with your, your mindset that you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. The interesting thing I have learned is that um, our ego, our own ego actually makes us want to think about the worst case scenario to protect us. Um, So it's reprogramming yourself to not let that ego take over and think positively instead. So instead of thinking the worst case scenario to protect yourself, start thinking of the best case scenario over and over and over again. And eventually that ego has less power over you and making you feel bad. I think that was an interesting thing that I learned along the way. And it's, um, I've really started discovering it to be true, especially lately. Um, You know, anytime I catch myself thinking of something bad, I'm just like, no, that's just my ego. This is really how it's gonna work out. Hasn't let me down yet. Yeah, yeah. And and when you talk about ego, uh, what what do you mean by that? Like what 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 constitutes your ego? Um, the ego is just that's like your I don't want to say conscious, but it's that's that's like that part of you that tries to protect you, like worst case scenario that oh, you'd better protect yourself now and prepare yourself for plan B in case you don't get that job or you better start looking now or prepare yourself now in case that person's going to dump you. You know, it's like, or trying to look for any reason why something's not going to work out. That's like that ego in you that you've been programmed since you were probably little to protect yourself from getting hurt. And so it's learning to take over 
and change your thought away from what that ego's tried to set in for you. Yeah. And, and what I've found is that it's almost like, even if you get a no, and even if you get rejected, and even if you don't get exactly what you want, when you want it, maybe the only thing stopping you from actually obtaining something is your perseverance and how long Mm -hmm. you're willing to be determined to get after it. Yeah. When things don't work out my way, my new mantra is everything's working out for me, best case scenario. So if something didn't work out, there's a reason and it's because there's something else and then what works that's even better for me. And so, yeah, something doesn't come out. Everything's working out. Best case scenario. That's it. I like that. It's it's a winning attitude. You can't lose if you're constantly you're constantly going after what you want, but open to the possibility of seeing it being a little different than what you expected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the insecurities that you had in the past affected your previous relationship. And now you're seeing your own mindset and I'm sure it's helping you in your current relationship. Is there times when you have to revamp yourself. Is this something that you have to do continually or how does the process look when it comes to having a positive mindset? It's definitely something I have to work on on a daily basis. I mean, I don't have to work on it as hard as I used to. There was a time I was Man, I was telling myself affirmations all day, every day to try to make myself feel good. And it took a while. But now, I mean, I keep a gratitude list. And so I try to tell myself every morning and every night at least five things that I'm grateful for. And I try to give myself positive affirmations within those, the gratuity list. So, um, so today I was grateful for the sun being out it was gorgeous out here after we had negative 30 degree weather and now it's 50 degrees outside and snow is melting that's pretty awesome um and i am really grateful that uh, my hair turned out good today so <laughs> it does look um, nice you know, <laughs> no, people can't see it but it looks nice so, no they can't see it it turned out really good though today oh i don't always have good hair days but, you know, I, I just tell myself, okay, what are some things, even if I have to stretch for it, you know, I'm just like, I'm so grateful for this cup of coffee that tastes really good. You know, I just, but I've learned that if you're really grateful for things, you get more of what you're grateful for. Um, so, you know, if the person I am dating, I'm so grateful whenever they hug me because I really like hugs. And if I notice that and keep being grateful for those hugs, well, then the rest of the stuff I don't have to worry so much about. I focus on that positive stuff instead of the negative things. Like maybe they, I don't know, didn't compliment me in the way I liked it. Okay. But they hugged me and I really like that hug. Or, you know, um, 
I think a lot of people get in this rut of focusing on just the negatives or not meeting that expectation. And if you're confident in yourself and who you are, then you're gonna stop, you're not gonna look for those things anymore. You're gonna be more thrilled that when you find that partner that complements you and adds to your life, you don't want to be two halves because two halves make zero. You want to be two whole people who complement that life. So if someone's missing something, you're never gonna be happy. So I do everything I can to make sure that I'm secure and I'm happy with me. And it's really, it's really turned my relationships with everybody around, really. I mean, I'm not looking for anything negative from people anymore. I just look for the positive. And I think it may have a lot of people like who I work with are just say, wow, you've changed so much. There's something different about you. You're so positive and I just love it. And I get invited to go do things, which I never used to do. And it was probably because I was so focused on the negative before. And, you know, being confident in yourself, that's sexy, you know? It's one of the things I always hear from people is that, you know, especially guys, I mean, so ladies out there, um, one of the things I hear from guys is that you are so real. You just, you know who the hell you are. And that's pretty amazing. I guess, you know, I think there's a lot of people that get so self-conscious and stuck up on trying to pretend they're somebody else to make somebody else happy. Instead of just saying, well, this is who I am and this is what I like. And if you don't like it, that's cool too, but this is who I am. And sometimes guys or people in general want that pushback. I mean, I don't want someone who's a doormat. So I think that self-confidence and self-help has really helped me with that too. I love how you are talking about the fact that one whole person can lead to getting their own happiness and that a relationship is not something that two halves make to one it's one whole person and another whole person being able to build something together or have an addition to their own lives and I think a lot of times we see from movies and from culture and just you know all this romance where we're trying to find someone to complete us we're trying to find someone who is going to fulfill some sort of need that we have, some sort of thing that we're missing in our life. And I like that you're using the word expectation because we're putting this label on what we want and what we think we need and deserve. But even if we do get it, do we recognize what it is? Do we see the positive? Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Yeah. And if you don't, oh, say, if, you don't if you don't believe it or you're worthy of it, you're going to push it away and not see it. Exactly. And you're, you're going to turn a blind eye to the good thing that you do have with you. Looking at how you viewed partnerships in dating. I know personally dating has kind of changed for me where before when I was dating, I had this expectation that they would have certain things in their lives situated. And uh, yes, I think it's good to have standards, but I think the standards changed for me a little bit. 
standards, they turned into standards of something that they had complete within themselves, emotional completeness, being able to be stable in their own lives, being able to run their own lives in a strong way, knowing who they are. Do you think that there are, that there might be something to this, that there might be something to being able to have a long-term relationship while still being able to have your own space and your own identity? Absolutely. I think it's important to have your own identity because if you think back to, you know, when you first start dating somebody, you already have that own identity. And that's usually what they're attracted to is who you are and the things you do. And there's so many times that you get into a rut in a relationship where you just kind of start doing the mundane things day to day and you start losing track of those interests that you did and you start losing track of your own self-identity. And then what is there to be interested in? I mean, I'm not saying that the day-to-day stuff is terrible and boring. It's not, but you really need to have something for you and you really need to have your hobbies and let that person miss you for a day while you go out and have fun with your friends, you know, that that's important because your own happiness can't be um, tied to somebody else. I mean, what happens if that person goes away tomorrow and you've just tied all your happiness into them? I mean, you have to build that for yourself. And learning to be okay with yourself. And I know when I was at, um, when I was at the resort, one of the things that I felt was envy as well, even jealousy that Mm -hmm. other people had something that I did not have with me at the moment. And Mm -hmm. I think there's a level where you have to be kind of careful there too, because I realized that now looking back that maybe I didn't actually want that then maybe I wanted it at some point, but maybe I didn't want to have a partner and be in a relationship and be at that resort at that time. Mm -hmm. Do you think there's also something about knowing yourself when it comes to knowing your own timing? I think so. I also think that the universe throws things in your face when you're not expecting it. Um, the person I'm seeing, I was not really looking to date anybody. I was just working on me and they just showed up. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, and I, ironically, that's kind of happened in all of my best relationships is when I wasn't looking for them. I think about like the people in my past who have dated that were like really great relationships I was not looking for them at all. I was doing my own thing, figuring out what I wanted to do in life. I wasn't interested in dating and then they just showed up. But anytime I was searching for it, I never got what I was looking for. If that makes sense. It makes complete sense. And I think part of that is the idea that when you're working on yourself and when you're making yourself stronger, your wins continue to grow and your opportunities continue to grow. And if you're placing them in yourself and the things that you love and your passions, then the places and the opportunities that those passions grow, 
just continue to get greater and greater and you meet more people that align to your passions and your life and the things that you love and those people might happen to be a great romantic interest (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) exactly so I know one thing that I touch on too is that time is something that can give us a lot of pressure because we want things in a certain amount of time what do you think is the most important thing to do if you do want a relationship but know that you might not necessarily love yourself enough for one yet keep working on loving yourself um believe um those positive affirmations you know you you have to believe that a great relationship is going to happen for you if you keep, but you have to be able to just relax and let it come. I mean, you come to someone with that energy of, I need this now. I have to have this now. We need to get married right now. I mean, that's going to spook them and scare them away. And it could have been a great relationship, but you get so nervous about your timeline. Um, this happened to one of my good friends, actually. She had a great guy and she wanted to be with him and she kept pushing, pushing, pushing him to marry her she's like but if you love me why don't you marry me and eventually it scared him to the point he left and he was going to propose to her but she was just so worried about her timeline instead of just letting things happen and so i mean even if you're in a relationship you still have to work on your self-love you still have to work on um building yourself up because that's going to build up that relationship no matter what so when you talk about timelines you believe that it's going to happen but stop looking for it if that makes sense just let yourself be happy because happiness is what's going to attract that great person to you not the sense of fear and anxiety and i swear people can sense it i mean sometimes i hear people talking about you know how someone texted somebody back or you know they're worried about i'm thinking about myself i'm like just let it let it flow it's going to be okay. You know, if you let it flow and not overthink it, things are going to work out just great. Yeah. I, I think I, we get into our minds too much. We do. We, we get too wrapped up in wanting a certain mm-hmm. outcome, but maybe wanting is exactly something that we don't necessarily need to do. Going after ourselves and loving ourselves we will get something that makes us happy we don't have to chase it exactly exactly and maybe this some people believe in this thing some people don't um i have been playing around with it uh, like the hands thing and i'm starting to discover you know what this uh, might be true um but and I think I heard someone else in your podcast bring up the manifesting and like the law of attraction and like what you focus on, you know, brings it to you. And I talk about, it's like, you know, in order to get love, you have to be the vibration of love and you have to be sensing love in yourself. And so whether or not you believe in the law of attraction or not, that's cool. But I think there's something to that, that, you know, again, the positive mindset, loving yourself, being love. I mean, the person I'm seeing, he's always says to me, he's like, I can actually feel your love. Like I can feel it, <laughs> which is really kind of cool. Um, but another thing I've heard is that, um, or learned, and 
from one of the people I listened to is that, you know, our natural state is love. And if we just go back into that and believe that we're worthy of love and that we are love and like, um, one of the things I do is I close my eyes and I like just picture like what it feels like to have that warm love feeling in my heart. I mean, it just, and it's a great feeling. Um, kind of makes you want to cry a little bit. You know, it feels like that warm blanket, you know, just wrapped around you. And I think that's kind of what um, has drawn love to me is when I'm feeling bad, I just get myself back into that natural state of, yeah, I'm loved. I've, I've definitely loved. I love me. And I'm going to love me better than anybody else is going to love me. Get yourself flowers every Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Why not has become one of the biggest questions I ask myself all the time. Now, I love a lot of the things that we have touched upon, speaking of love. And I want to know if there is any last message that you would like to tell to people out there to help encourage them to try to appreciate and love themselves a little bit. You know, it feels terrible to think negatively about yourself. Nobody wants to feel like crap. So why not talk good about yourself? Why not make yourself feel better? I mean, what do you have to lose by being positive? It changed my life just doing five affirmations a day. You know, I looked at things that I didn't like about myself and I turned them around and I just said, you know, I'm beautiful. I didn't believe I was beautiful. I didn't believe that I was worthy of love. I didn't believe that anybody would like me. And I started saying things like, I'm worthy. I'm beautiful. I'm highly desirable. People love me. I'm popular. Um, I have a gorgeous smile. And saying that every day, eventually I started to believe it. And then other people started saying those exact things, same things to me. So why not do it? I mean, it feels like crap to be down on yourself all the time. I really, really enjoyed talking with you today. Already, I feel way more positive. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I sure hope other people out there feel a lot more positive too. And again, thank you for joining us today, CJ. I will catch up with you later. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today on Journey Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Stay tuned in the next few days for the next episode. We'll move along in our journey and see where life takes us. <laughs>